Hello, I'm Amy Fuller, two-time Olympian, author, broadcaster and proud host of the British Heart Foundation's TCS London Marathon podcast series, The Race Is On. The BHF are thrilled to have been chosen as the TCS London Marathon's Charity of the Year 2022. And in this special series, I will be speaking to a whole host of guests who are the key success of this incredible event. I'll be chewing the fat with runners and researchers, speaking top tips with the BHF support squad and finding out things like what is Mr. Motivator's favourite running song? And how does an organisation even get chosen to be a charity partner? I hope you find these interviews as fascinating as I did. And whether you're running for the BHF this year or just cheering from the sidelines, we thank you for your support. Now, on with the show. Hello. In today's episode of The Race Is On, we go behind the scenes with the London Marathon to hear more about how this incredible event is organised and how the past few years have changed the way the event is run. We also hear from the BHF about why being chosen as Charity of the Year means so much to the organisation. Please welcome to the podcast, Hugh Brasher, Event Director of London Marathon Events and Kate Sparks. Senior Product Delivery Manager at the BHF. Hello. Hi. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hugh, I love the red top, first of all. Is is that uh, just a coincidence or are you um, rolling with the the red heart theme? (laughs) I'm rolling with the red heart theme. Of course I am. I really, I thought about my wardrobe this morning and and I thought, what, what would be better than going full red? I love it. I love it. Right, Hugh, we're going to get stuck in with you. First of all, how long have you worked for the London Marathon? And can you tell us a little bit about your part in the London Marathon over the last few years? So I've, I've worked for the organisation since 2010, but I uh, was a director for three years before that. And I actually worked on the first one back in 1981. So I sold the train tickets to the 6,300 people at the Strand no Palace Hotel way. when I was age 16. So now you can work out how, how old I am. Wow. My next question was going to be, how long has the marathon been going? But you've been there since the very start. Take us back to then. How have you seen the event transform? It's transformed enormously from 1981, so 41 years. My father co-founded it with John Disley. I don't think they could ever possibly have imagined what it has become um, when I first worked on it. All I remember was I, I at, at the end of three days, I was totally knackered and um, went to sleep uh, late on Saturday night and didn't actually wake up until about one o'clock the next afternoon and the race was over and it wasn't really till next day where there was a picture of Dick Beardsley and Inga Simonson on the front page of the Daily Mail. And I thought, well, that's a bit odd. That obviously was something quite big. Um, had no idea what it was really at, at that stage. So, yeah, look, it's it's um, transformed. It's the largest annual one-day charity fundraising event in the world. More than £1 billion has been raised for good causes wow. since, since the first event. Over a million people have taken part and and it's the greatest festival i think in the world where you happen to have 40,000 people who are running 26.2 miles when three quarters of a million people are having a street party 
I like the street party element of it. But going back to the start, how did it all begin? Where did the idea come from? Ah, it all began in a pub. So all the best, all the best things start in a pub. Um, so I started in a pub called the Dysart Arms, and it was the pub for the Ranelagh Harriers, which was my dad's running club. And uh, various runners came back from the New York Marathon in, and they'd, they'd run in 1978. And they said to my dad and John Disley, "Oh, you have to go. You have to experience this unbelievable race. You won't believe it." And my dad, who loved the mountains, he loved the wilderness, couldn't think of anything really worse than running 26.2 miles on, on roads. But they went on and on and on and on. And after a few pints, I think he decided that, that he needed to go. So he went, he and John went in 1979. And my father wrote an article in The Observer. And that article basically talked about that he'd had an epiphany, um, Saul on the road to Damascus, and that he had seen what then was the gun crime capital city of the world come together. And he thought it was quite incredible that where society often has divisions in that city on that day, a million people came together and were cheering 20,000 people on this incredible journey. And he uh, knew, or John Disley knew, because he was the logistical part of the partnership, that London had this amazing course. Uh, but my father asked his final words in the article was, did London have the heart and the soul to welcome the world? And I think the answer categorically is yes. That is so, so powerful. What a sort of benchmark event we now have for our city. Like people do travel from all over the world and is it fair to say it's the most recognised as well as the marathon that earns the most money per year? It's it's the one that it's the most popular marathon on the planet. So four hundred and sixty thousand people applied to do the twenty twenty event in only six days. So that's quite a lot of people applying. Four hundred and sixty thousand. We could fill the event for um, ten years running, and, and, <laughs> and uh, so so without a doubt, it's the most popular. And and I think. You know, it, it really is. It's it's a unique experience where, you know, you talked about a party. It is. You've got. I think it was seventy three pubs on the on the route. They are having their busiest day of the year. They're open from early in the morning till till late, and you've got so many people. It's just the one of the most incredible experiences whereby you are running on a sea of positivity. You are willed to finish those 26.2 miles. And it is every step of your way. And, you know, for those of your listeners, if, if they listen to Eilish McColgan, who will be running the London Marathon, it's her first time this year, she just talked about the Commonwealth Games and how she doesn't even remember the last 200 metres, but all she can remember is this crowd noise and she'd never felt anything like it. Well, I think she might uh, again in the London Marathon. And that. For us everyday people, you know, we're, we're never going to become Eilish McColgan. We're never going to become Mo Farah. We're never going to be the, the, the greatest athletes. But we get that incredible experience where people want us to be successful. And um, that's what the London Marathon's all about. And, and it is the charities, the crowds, the support that make it such a positive, life-affirming experience. So, so cool. It's incredible what mass participation 
events can do for not only the city, but everybody, everybody in it experiencing that. Now, talking on behalf of the British Heart Foundation, let's touch on the charities, because I see this as a huge opportunity for the BHF, not only to raise awareness, but to help raise funds to make change. How important was the charity angle at the beginning of the marathon? And has there always been a charity partner? If I'd answered that question six years ago, the answer would have been no, there wasn't a charity partner in the first few years. Turns out I was wrong. We found out that the Leukemia and Lymphoma Association, which is now Bloodwise, uh, were the basically the official charity and raised over a million pounds in 1981. So it's uh, it is a surprise that every year a charity has been involved. But yeah, they were the charity of the year. And I think that um, Joy Smith, who won the event in 1981. She was on the front page of the radio or the TV Times, as I think it was in 1982. And she was um, the ambassador for that charity. So, yes, it's there, there has been charity fundraising all the way through, but it's really ramped up um, enormously in the last, say, sort of 25 years. And, you know, in, in 2019, I think over £64 million was raised on the day by the runners taking part in the marathon. And, you know, the, the official charity of the year is really important, the amount of funds that those charities can raise. And it isn't just about the funds. As you've said, it's about the promotion. It's about the campaigns that they can reach the audience that the BBC brings and the worldwide audience um, sees. So, Promotion as well as fundraising is really important. What do you think has been the key to the ongoing success of the London Marathon? I mean, 41 years, that's, that's really spectacular. You're, you're, you're treading on sort of Olympic territory here. <laughs> yeah, well, we like to say it's, uh, the hard, it's the hardest marathon to win and it's harder than the Olympics to win. So the Olympics will have three, the maximum of three athletes from any one any one nation. We can have more than three athletes. And the Ethiopians, the Kenyans have dominated marathon running. Um, so it is known to be one of the hardest. But I think it's it is just it, it's it's an incredible course. I mean, the journey from from Greenwich to to that iconic finish on the Mall. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Going past some, you know, whether it's the Cutty Sark whether it's running over Tower Bridge, going through Canary Wharf, which when I first ran the London Marathon in about 1983 was a wasteland. Um, there was no one watching it there. Um, now it's just the most popular place on, on the course because it's got such, such great infrastructure. The fancy dress, I mean, you know, Britain, we love, we love dressing up for whatever reason. Um, some of those fancy dress costumes are quite incredible. The charity fundraising, the coverage, the stories, of the, the just incredible stories, whether they're people helping each other, whether they're running for a loved one, um, whether they're loving, um, whether they're running to remember someone, whether they're running for a cause. It's those stories that get amplified through the media that people can genuinely relate to. So it has become, you know, it's the only event that you are going to get where you are competing on the same time as the gods of your sport. You can't play Wimbledon, you can't get on the you can't even get on the centre court of Wimbledon, let alone play with Andy Murray. But here, 
you can play on exactly the same road that Mo Farah, um, the most decorated athlete that Britain has ever had in terms of track and field. It is quite incredible um, that, that you're, you're running in the same roads, the same conditions, um, just have to be going quite a bit slower, that's all. So it, it, it really is just a, a mix of, of how the coverage has been, just that, that incredible feeling that you get. And so many people say it is the best day of their life. And, and that can be quite worrying if they've had kids or they've got married or various other things. <laughs> but genuinely, um, it, it is often that's what's said. You've sold it to me. I want to do it again. <laughs> Kate, now give us a little insight into what you do at the BHF. Welcome, by the way. Hugh had a lot to say. We won't give him too much abuse for that. It was very interesting. Thank you, Hugh. You're on pause for now. <laughs> it was so interesting. I'd love hearing about all of that. Yeah, I'm Kate. I work in the product delivery team here at the British Heart Foundation. Um, so the product delivery team do some brilliant stuff. We we deliver a portfolio of fundraising products for the BHF. So things like taking part in the London Marathon where we have places or digital fundraising products like we've got an abstinence product called DCHOX, which rolls out in March, or our own events like our London to Bite and Bike Ride that we organise. Um, my role specifically is I look, at, look after some ad hoc projects within within that team, which sort of need a bit more extra help and love and attention and maybe they've got more stakeholder involvement. So yeah, that's that's what I do. And obviously at the moment, my big one is London Marathon, which is I'm giving my all to and really enjoying. The biggest one you can have. Yes. Um, <laughs> why is it such a big win though, to be chosen as the London Marathon Charity of the Year? Oh, do, do you know what? Truly, it's just an opportunity for charities that they see as like once in a lifetime because it's so big. You get the opportunity for such a big, big runner team, which is incredible. Um, the brand exposure is global. You know, you don't get that through many other opportunities that we can pitch for and win. And, you know, we've been wanting this for years, so we're so excited. And as an organisation, you know, the BHF has got so much amazing stuff going on. Like our research is phenomenal and it's a really good opportunity to have that voice on that day and encourage people and show, show them what we're doing and say, get behind us, we're doing big, good things. So, yeah, it's buzzing for it. Yeah, well, um, a massive congratulations. It's so good to see. I'm wondering, and I'm sure many others are intrigued as well, how on earth does a charity go about getting chosen? Can you tell us a little bit about the process and, and how much work is involved? I can imagine it's like pitching for a job. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one that comes around every year and every charity's like, this is what we want to get. So um, the opportunity opens every year and charities across the nation submit their applications, which are sort of paper applications, which sell their soul and story as to why and what that opportunity would mean for them. Um, and then if successful at that stage, they go through to the next next element, I guess, which is where you get to present to the wonderful London Marathon team. And you, you sort of have to really make sure that you bring the partnership or what, what it could be working with London Marathon, what it could be to life. So, yeah, we're, we're sort of saying it will be amazing. We have got so much to do and share and want to want to bring out. And, and we know that the London Marathon opportunity is just that amazing one that we can do. And then finally the the London Marathon team chooses and then yeah that's a really great day in the office when you get that you've been you're through cool I can remember we <laughs> rang that bell loud in our offices that day 
That was joy. So, so exciting for the BHF. How many people have you got running this year? Uh, so we've got our biggest team ever, which is insane. We've got about a thousand runners. Um, wow, that's so usually, a lot. yeah, we sort of have the four to five hundred runners. So we were doubling and a little bit more. Um, yeah, I'm hoping we're going to turn the streets of London red. So it'll be you and everyone wearing red that day, just seeing everything BHF out there. How much money are you guys hoping to raise from the event, and how will the money be used? Most importantly. So we're going, we're going big, we're going bold and we're putting everything behind it. So we're aiming for three million pounds from our incredible runner team. And um, we're also doing peripheral activities, which will help support on the day. So, you know, everyone on BHF from our volunteers, our staff, our trustees, we're all going to be out there on the day doing our part. Um, and we've got such amounts, such exciting plans for the day. And um, the money is actually ring fenced for a really exciting area of medicine, regenerative research. Um, it's kind of coined the holy grail of research by many scientists. It's like a bit of a cutting edge field of research. And and that was something that we talked about really heavily in the pitch because we wanted, you know, that regen research to have focus and have this boost of cash behind it because we believe it's so important. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be doing with it, hopefully. Sounds very, very exciting. And I cannot wait to see how the team gets on a thousand runners. That's a lot. A lot of people running for the BHF. Hugh, over to you. Many people will have noticed that you announced a new title sponsor this year, TCS. For many years, you worked with Virgin Money. That's when I ran it. Flora and others before that. How important is that sponsorship for the London Marathon? It's it's hugely important. I mean, TCS, Tart Consultancy Services, they're... um, global company. They've got over half a million staff. And what they do is technology and they're really helping us to um, engage and deliver a better London marathon. So it's a six-year, at least a six-year partnership. This is the first year. I think the runners will see some, hopefully some interesting things going on on the course, a few little improvements that we've been working on. But, you know, I think the last few years have just been so difficult for, for anybody trying to plan events. Um, with COVID, you know, in 2021, we were the biggest marathon in the world, biggest ever, actually, if you combine the, the virtual event, TCS helped us deliver that in 2020, when we had over 37,000 people running the virtual London marathon, which, which again, was an incredible thing to have happen. You mentioned COVID, it's certainly thrown a fair few curveballs all round. How has the London marathon been affected? And, and how did you push through and, and adapt through that time? In terms of the event itself, um, you know, in 2020, you know, we were the only major marathon that ended up putting an event on. Um, we, as an events company, you know, we had scenarios from A through to I, and it didn't, I don't think it ever got bigger than I, but those scenarios kept changing every single week, practically. Um, in 2021, we did put all our events on. We were part of the government's events research program into showing how outdoor events could be safe. And I think people now realize that outdoors is the best place to be. Um, we changed our whole start procedure for 2021. Some of that will be um, brought forward into 2022. So again, you've got to, you have to plan these things a long, long way ahead. I think one of the the positive outcomes is the kids event and and um 
you know, in 2020, in only nine days, we got 110,000 school kids to run 2.6 miles to do the mini marathon. And we've already got 350,000 school kids signed up to do the mini marathon wow. this year. That's huge. Um, and our, it's huge. And our target is 600,000 school kids this year. So, I mean, there's, there's some really exciting announcements that will be made about it. They haven't yet been made. But, you know, how the London Marathon inspires activity and we really want to do it across all ages, abilities, disabilities. We, we, we announce various other uh, new procedures. So we have assisted wheelchair um, athletes for the first time this year, which is brilliant, welcoming them to the marathon. There are so many different things that, that, um, that, that go on and the team are planning that, 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 you know, people used to go, well, what do you do for the other 51 weeks of the year? It's not really quite like that. A, a lot of planning. Can you give us any insight or clues to these new announcements? Uh, no. No, no, no. That's, that's the end no. of the conversation. Let's no. finish it here. Yeah, I, I've, I've given you. I've given you some tips. It's it's very much. There's there's there'll be some interesting things on the app. There'll be some interesting things in the in the kids mini marathon. Those are those are the two yeah. main areas I'm going to talk about. I just want to say. say also, um, incredible what you're doing with the Kids Marathon, because I think, you know, the true fundamentals, your base as a youngster, inspiration, it starts there. So what a way to infiltrate mass participation of sport through schools. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. Now, I've been hearing an awful lot about Sanjay, and I'm sure our listeners have too. Can you tell us a little bit about who is Sanjay and what is the Go Sanjay campaign all about? Uh, Sanjay, our absolute hero. Um, so Professor Sanjay is a lead scientist behind the Heart Healing Patch Project, which is, yeah, just incredible science that is happening in the labs at the moment. So these heart patches are a patch of living, beating heart muscle that acts wow. like a sticky plaster to, to repair the heart. It's like phenomenal stuff. So as well as like repairing the hearts, it'll also prevent people developing conditions like heart failure, which is one of the, the, the big challenges that we have at the BHF. You know, heart failure is where the heart can't pump the blood around the body as efficiently as it should do. And shockingly, nearly a million people in the UK suffer with this debilitating disease. You know, in its most severe form, heart failure can have a worse survival rate than cancer. So anything that we can do that is going to improve these lives and help fix with what seems like an easy fix, like a sticky plaster, but these magical ones that be is, is insane and brilliant. Um, so on top of his day job of being a pioneering scientist, Professor Sanjay is also running the TCS 2022 London Marathon in our team. So he, I mean, he's, he's going above and beyond, isn't he? So <laughs> bless him. Um, so go we're on, really Sanjay. encouraging. Yeah, go Sanjay. Our campaign is to get behind Professor Sanjay through fundraising, donations and support on the marathon to help get his groundbreaking research over the finish line even faster so that we can just help heal more hearts all over the UK. It's inspirational. I think he's a an amazing human. As you say, it, it sounds it sounds like magic, <laughs> quite yeah. quite literally. Incredible stuff. Now, for both of you, Kate and Hugh, what support is available to any runners taking on the challenge from both London Marathon events and the BHF? Is there anything they need to do or remember in these final weeks? Hugh, starting with you. 
Oh, if you're asking for what what, uh, what should they do is try not to just pack in the running, the training at the last minute because you'll just be exhausted by the time you get to that start line. So what you want to do is get as fresh as you can to the start line. Don't do anything new for the first time. Don't decide to have a different breakfast. Don't decide to drink something differently. Just so practice with your Lucozade beforehand. Practice whatever other electrolyte drinks or other um, power bars type of product that you, you you might you might use so so yeah make sure that you've you know your shoes aren't brand new that your clothing's not brand new uh those would be and and then absolutely put your name on your t-shirt your vest whatever you're going to run in put your name because you will have hundreds of thousands of people shouting that name and and actually by the time you get to um, the mail, you're probably going to want a name change because uh, you're sick of hearing <laughs> your name shouted so much. That would be my number one tip. And, you know, just enjoy it. It's going to be an amazing experience. It will be hard at times. You will think at times that you can't put one foot in front of another, but you can. And those that crowd are incredible. They will help you. And there are so many medical stations. There are so many helpers Four four and a half thousand volunteers. They're they're there to to try and help you get to that finish line. I can um, definitely give you one on the the name badge. So I I ran in London 2019 with my mum, and um, she had her name like plastered across her top, and I couldn't work out why, and neither could she. Everyone was like, "Go on, Sarah, go on, Sarah," and I was like wow, people must just like recognize you from when you went to school or we couldn't work it out. And I'm like, so weird. No one's cheering me on. But yeah, uh, definitely a great tip there. Get your name on your top. The euphoria will carry you around. Um, Kate, how about you? Is there anything from the BHF side support that people can reach out and get some useful tips? Yeah, so I mean, I'd really echo Hugh's recommendation there. Like, the, and the crowds—they are just that—that that immense. But the one thing I would also say is to reach out to those networks, those social networks of other people that are training with you. Like, we've got our Facebook groups for all of our BHF runners, and they are so active and so supportive. And when you're having that really rubbish day where you don't want to go out and run, um, it's good to talk to other people in that same situation who can say, "Do you know what? Maybe today's not the day for you." Then park it and do it tomorrow and or they might give you a motivational quip that gets you going I don't know I that would be my top tip reach out to other people that are going through this immense training with you and yeah join some of those forums there they're all in that boat with you and and Hugh do you as someone that's run the marathon a fair few times how many precisely uh I've run seven marathons I think three or four Londons and three or four New Yorks. What One's three, one's four. I can't remember. So a fair few under your belt. Do you have any useful hints or tips for the morning of? Uh, well, firstly, do not get carried away at the start. So don't try and run too quick. The actual first half of the marathon is downhill. You've got to really, you've almost got a mile downhill between t- mile two and three, so you'll get carried away. If um, with a start procedure, if you get a little bit behind your your scheduled um, uh, your scheduled time, don't worry about it. In all honesty, it doesn't start until about mile twenty. I mean, obviously, oh. lots happened before mile twenty. Um, but um, but 
but I, I just, you know, the number one thing would be um, uh, have the right clothing, have a have a bin bag in case, you know, just check what the weather's doing. Um, relax, smile, have fun. You'll be nervous, but actually you'll be you will be surrounded by 45,000 other people who are um, equally you know, as all nervous in as the you. same boat. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. They're all as nervous as you. You know what you know what it's like. You come on. What's your tip in 2019? What's your tip? Uh, I ran with my mom, so we just chatted the whole way. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That was my tip. Distract yourself with good conversation. Um, and for me, honestly, the, the right footwear was was everything. That that was the game changer. And then on the day, just you know, really getting the food in. I was enjoying all of the food all day. (laughs) Kate, do you have a message to any of the BHF runners listening to this episode? Oh, I wish I could hug every single one of you and thank you for what I know has been a hard graft of training. And I just want you to know how much we appreciate your time and effort and dedication as a charity and you're helping us, you truly are helping us do wonderful things, future changing things through the fundraising and through this effort that you're putting in. So thank you, like wholeheartedly cliche, thank you from me, because it's, yeah, it's going to change the world, the stuff that we can do with this with this money. And yeah, because of your effort, guys, thank Vir- you. Virtual hugs all round. Come on, guys, yeah, bring it in. Big hugs bring to it them. In. Bring it yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> Phew. Right, let's talk future so far the London Marathon has had an incredible run but what do you think the event will look like five years from now are there going to be flying hoverboards drones uh drones for sure with the way tv coverage is and you know we talk about that quite a bit there's lots of issues in London etc but I think you know in terms of I I think it will be more diverse um without a doubt so huge amount of work going on in terms of the diversity you know, we really want to make the marathon accessible to all. And I think, you know, if there's a criticism of, and this is very, you know, can't really criticize what my dad and John Disley did, but um, the marathon got put into London. London is the one of the most diverse cities in the world. And can you truly make that course and um, representative and engaging of all of London? So rather than the marathon goes through London, the marathon really is part of London. So there's a lot of work going on with the different communities. Look, I'm going to say this now. I'm really looking forward to we've got a rainbow mile for the first time. So, uh, again, the inclusivity of that. I know some of the planning that's going on on that. Again, I just think, you know, it just makes me smile to, to think of the energy and and lightness that there's there's going to be there. So I mean, there's just so many ideas that the team have got. It is an incredible team of people that are so motivated to put the event on. Um, I think this kids event is going to be enormous. We do have a plan. It's written down by 2031. It will be as big as the in person. Um, you know, the 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 kids running on the mall the day before will be as big as the number of people running the marathon the day after. So. Yeah, there's there's lots of things that we're working on, and as I say, and that's a 2031. There's a target written that number. We do we do plan quite a long uh, time ahead. It's taken four years to get that to to come to fruition. So yeah, lots more fun, 
lots more engagement and, and hopefully more of the same. It is the most amazing day out and you've experienced it doing it with your mum. I mean, that's got to be a pretty amazing thing to have done. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like, well, first of all, just hearing what you've just said, the Rainbow Mile, the kids race and seeing your smile and your face light up. It, it is so incredible to see what you and your team are doing to, you know, change, you know, essentially changing and, and setting the benchmark for how society should be. Um, so thank you for that and for giving me the opportunity to endure a marathon with my mum. You know, there's so many emotions that go through your mind during 26.2 miles but to come around that corner at Buckingham Palace I remember holding my mum's hand and looking at her and I was more worried about her obviously she's quite petite throughout the race and making sure she was okay and making sure she had enough food but to come around that corner hold her hand and just say I'm so proud of you was so special and then to run through the the barriers at the end and receive our our tinfoil coats they're on the bucket list everyone has to do that you've got to get the tinfoil jacket um and get that medal and achieve that together was um you know something I can say I don't think I'll ever replicate because you don't get to stand at the Olympics with your mum at the top you don't get to compete with your mum so to have the opportunity to experience something with her like that on you know on, on a level of an emotional connection it it's it's deep and it's powerful so I'd highly recommend it to anyone and I think you know the London Marathon isn't always about time for some people it is and time is very important but for me it was about the journey and experiencing it and getting through it together and I think that is what makes the soul of the London Marathon special. Thank you. Thank, thank you. That, that was perfectly, is perfectly said. And to have that experience, honestly, it's, uh, yeah, it must have been incredibly emotional. It, it, it really was. But on a lighter note, we've got to talk music because we're asking all of our guests what their favourite running song is. So, Kate, I'd love to know yours. All right, so I've been thinking about this and actually it came really naturally to tell you what my favourite song was so whenever I go out running I always start with the same song which I don't know if that makes me a bit of a creature of habit or a bit boring but I always start with Red Alert by Basement Jacks nice and it just I don't know if it's because some of the first lines how does that how does that go oh I'm not gonna sing it <laughs> can <laughs> but, we get a few words um in in like the first lines it says don't worry don't panic like it's a lady saying don't worry Yes, we got you singing. You are the first guest (laughs) on the podcast singing. Kate Sparks, you nailed it. (laughs) I tricked you into that one, didn't I? Okay, and Hugh? I'm easily tricked. (laughs) Okay, and Hugh, what's your favourite running song? My favourite running song is James. Uh, The the, the artist is James. The song is Upside. I'm not going to sing it, but um, that's a little bit of it. Ah, oh, chill. We've got some chill vibes. <laughs> it, it, nice. Um, it actually, it, what, what's unique, and I'm not recommending this for marathon running, um, it gets faster and faster and it makes me run faster. Good for so a 5K. If, if ever, it, it's brilliant for a 5K. It's not that good for a marathon. No, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's such an uplifting, an uplifting um, track with some um, beautiful words in it. 
Guys, I want to say a massive thank you to both of you for joining us today. I've absolutely loved speaking to both of you and I've I've learned so much and taken so much away from this. So that is Kate from the British Heart Foundation and Hugh from London Marathon Events. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Hugh. The British Heart Foundation is proud to be the official charity for the 2022 TCS London Marathon. We're raising money to fund one of the most exciting and promising fields of research today, regenerative medicine. BHF-funded researchers are edging closer to turning healing hearts into a reality. Researchers like Professor Sanjay Sinner and his team are creating a groundbreaking heart healing patch that could repair damaged heart muscle and transform the lives of those affected by heart failure restoring hearts to their former glory and helping to save lives of millions globally. But Sanjay and his team can't do it without your help. The BHF are asking the nation to rally behind Sanjay through fundraising, donations and support on the day of the marathon to help get groundbreaking research like Sanjay's over the line even faster. If you would like to donate to Sanjay's research and help get the Healing Heart Patch over the line, then please, please visit bhf.org.uk forward slash heart patch every donation big or small is much appreciated and if you would like more info on training fundraising tips or nutrition please visit bhf.org.uk forward slash london marathon 2022 For more inspiring stories from our high-profile supporters and from our patient community, please listen and follow the ticker tapes on the BHF website or wherever you get your podcasts. And to everyone listening, thank you for joining us.